Uh, Father, um, speak to us. Lord, you have been faithful um, as you have uh, spoken to us uh, here. And Lord, we're looking forward just to having some time just to relax and uh, just to enjoy uh, one another's company. Uh, Father, just to be uh, in nature away from um, just whatever we call our regular. But Father, as we uh, talk a little bit about what it means to guard our heart, um, Lord, I pray that we would be receptive and open and really want to know uh, what that looks like. Uh, we don't have to be good at it, uh, Father, but we need to start doing it. And so, Lord, would you enable us? Uh, would you strengthen us? Would you encourage us? Would others encourage us uh, to do that? And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Um, oh, probably before the end of the semester, I was hoping, typically uh, when we do a retreat, I always like to, uh, based upon what we want to kind of talk about in, with, in more detail, I love to have a book available. Not that you need to read it, but I just love to have one if you want to read it. Um, a lot of the material, particularly from last night that we talked about, is, uh, is, uh, was a great learning tool for me. Uh, it's called uh, Renovation of the Heart by Dallas Willard. And so that is a book that hopefully we'll have available before to the end of the school year. It's basically out of print, and they're making a new uh, version of it that's coming out kind of in December. Um, but just wanted to let you know that that's a great resource. I'll tell you a couple other books, but Renovation of the Heart by Dallas Willard. If you want to get that, but I'll, I'll, we'll buy some and, and have them available. Um, and so another book that I uh, have just been reading as I've just been uh, doing my own study and learning um, and getting encouraged by is a book by John Tyson called Beautiful Resistance. And I wanted to just share just a little excerpt of this before we uh, get into um, this, uh, this third session. Uh, he says this. Now in Romans 1.21, Paul uh, provided the root of idolatry. Although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. Their lives and loves had gotten out of order. Created things got in the way of the Creator. Gratitude turned into entitlement. The Scriptures are all about getting the right things in the right order. You shall have no other gods before me, he says in Exodus 20, verse 3. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, he says in Mark 12.30 and Deuteronomy 6.5. Jesus also commanded his disciples not to run after the things that the pagans run after. They were to seek first his kingdom. Worship is about the priorities of our hearts. Idols, then, are the wicked fruit of disordered lives. I'll say that again. Idols, then, are the wicked fruit of disordered lives. The Westminster Larger Catechism states that the first commandment is violated when there is an inordinate and immoderate setting of our mind, will, or affections upon other things. The inordinate doing, not setting our minds on uh, our responsibilities and, and certain things, but the inordinate and immoderate setting of our minds. On other things. We think that idols are bad things, but that is almost never the case. The greater good, the more likely we are to expect that it can satisfy our deepest needs and desires. Anything can serve as a counterfeit God, especially the very best things in life. 
An idol is anything more important to you than God. An idol is anything more important to you than God. Again, the, as we said before, this is him not saying this. Right? The, the issue is not what we love. We can love things, but we can't love things more than God. And to finish up, he says this, the persistent temptation is to turn, turn good things into God things. Even people who don't claim a religion worship something as if they did. There's something absorbing their heart and passion, driving and filling their lives. And a, a biblical counselor named Elise Patrick says this, how can I tell if I'm worshiping the blessing the blessings that I desire or God. How can I tell if I'm worshiping the blessings that I desire or God? And here it is. All right. I'll read this a couple of times. If you're willing to sin to obtain your goal, or if you sin when you don't get what you want, then your desire is taking God's place and you're functioning as an idolater. If you're willing to sin or obtain your goal, or if you sin when you don't get what you want, then your desire has taken God's place and you're functioning as an idolater. Is there anything in your life you want badly enough that you're willing to violate Scripture or your own conscience? Are you using sin to medicate the absence of something you truly want? Oh, no. I'll repeat the last two sentences. Is there anything in your life you want badly enough that you're willing to violate Scripture or your own conscience? Is there anything in your life you want badly enough that you're willing to violate Scripture or your own conscience? Are you using sin to medicate the absence of something you truly want? Are you using sin to medicate the absence of something you truly want? So remember, sin is missing the mark. Are we willing to not do what God wants us to do, right? To medicate the absence of something you truly want. Right, we think of kind of sin as this big bad thing, but really it's just God has a design, and when you don't do that design, you're sinning, okay? And so that is uh, the things we do when we won't want to do what he wants. Okay, so guarding our heart, right, is something that we have to do. All right, I'm done. <laughs> guarding our heart is something we actually have to do. Like, we, we can't just read it. We can't just think about it. Like, we have to do it. So what are your questions? <laughs> Alright? How? Why? What are the repercussions if I don't? Here is the repercussions of you not doing it. Look at the page beside session three. This is a pretty good, I like this illustration. I think Megan came up with this one. What would this look like to be undivided? <laughs> look at all of those things. How many uh, of the diagram, how many, how many things are there, Kitty? You counted them. Like 40? 40 or 50? Read some of those things. 
So when we're thinking about the tangled mess, right, that our, that our heart is, right, this is what happens when we don't guard them. We get all twisted and confused. There's not a single thread, right? It's this. Pass it around. We'll be tactile. Look at it. I'm going this way. No, wait, wait. I'm going this way. I'm following that thing. No, no, wait, wait. I'm following this thing. Right? We're, all these things are affecting us that I'm grabbing on. I've got feelings. I've got thoughts. I do actions. Right? It's just... Right? Does that, does that feel like your mind or your life? My wills, desires... It is a tangled mess. I want you to uh, write, uh, follow your heart, arrow, line, guard your heart. Okay? I want you to put where you are, am I closer to following my heart or am I a guarder? Am I a follower? Right? Remember, my heart's an idiot. Am I a heart follower or am I a heart garter? Where would you fall on that continuum? This picture is a great illustration, right, of what it looks like to follow our heart. Amen? In the 50 things that we're trying to do to follow. 67. Wow, that is very specific. Look at those things. I want you to sit, just take for a second and circle any, any of the 67 that uh, you do. <laughs> and then after you circle about 27, just circle all of them. <laughs> Find one that you can cross out. Actually do that. That actually would be faster. Read them, and is there any of them that you actually can cross out? <laughs> cross out meaning, yeah, that is not something that I follow. That's not getting it all twisted, right? Because the twisting happens as I try to deal with jealousy and apathy and curiosity and so many choices and pride and urges and grief and new relationships and grudges and family and pessimism and pain and illness and identity and insecure. I just read 10, right? All of you were like your anxiety level was going up as I was reading them, was it not? You're like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which surpasses comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we talked about how, what is the instruction here from Paul is one of the things that will guard our heart. It's right there in the verse. Peace, God's peace. How does God give us peace? In, uh, in how do these things not? Maybe we can start there. How do these things not give us peace? Following them. Huh? They're worldly things. They're what? They create more problems. What else? 
Huh? Yep, they leave us wanting more. Right, or we can't decide on what that one thing should be, is it? Right, everyone, we're listening to everyone and everything, and I will follow that, and then I'll follow this, and I'll follow that, right? We do that as we scroll down. <laughs> it's not one thing, right, in the feed, or on the TV show, or in the song, right? It's, it's all of these things. All of these things are the answer. Your problem is you're jealous. Your problem is you're apathetic. Your problem is your old relationships. Your problem is your new relationships. Your problem is your struggles. It's your happiness. It's because you're pessimistic. It's your bad habits. It's you're too comfortable. It's you're not comfortable enough. Over and over and over. Right? And we just get all twisted up. Are you a heart follower? Or are you a heart guarder? So here's in part of how is is we've got to stop being heart followers. Stop it. See, if we, uh, I really think we need to spend some time here. It is something that we've learned, right, to follow our hearts. But if any of you, like, learn to do something, right, different, like, have you done something one way and then done something a different way? What did that feel like? Just anything. It, it, it obviously can be spiritual, but it can be anything. Awkward. Awkward, why? It was hard. Yeah. We don't like to do hard things. Well, you do... No, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> why don't we like doing hard things? It takes effort. It takes effort. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Why do we like... Anybody in here really enjoyed like, doing a hard thing? Afraid of failure? Absolutely. I mean, if I do like it, I want to like it for the benefit of it. That's the point, though, right? The point is not just to do something hard. <laughs> the point is for the benefit. Things that are hard typically are really beneficial for us. Are you a heart follower or a heart garter? See, many of us actually know how to do this. As I say this, you're like, okay, yeah. I actually kind of know what that would look like to actually guard my heart. Talk, uh, talk with your neighbor real quick and some ideas. Think about what affects our heart. Look back at the diagram. Body, feelings, thoughts, social. What, draw that, redraw that diagram Right, we got, uh, McClendon gave us some insight on this, but what, if we were to guard our heart, what would, how would you redraw that diagram? Arrows be gone. Arrows be gone. Right? But, there's, but you've got to do something for the arrows to be gone. All right, so talk amongst yourselves. Draw with each other. What would that look like? All right. <clears throat> All right. So let's uh, let's hear some ideas. Oh, Ariel, she's eager. All right. Uh huh. There's like arrows that also point 
out, and that's like a filter, like where we filter it, like through like scripture and prayer. Okay. Okay. All right. So Ariel is saying uh, one way to think about it is that we need to, that scripture and truth can filter, right? Because at some level, it's going to be very hard to cut off the spigots or the arrows that are shot at us, but we can put up a filter, right? Uh, I think that's really helpful. Somebody else? Yeah. Oh, I love it. There's a gate for Jesus. Oh, that's a good. That one sounds good. We're going to have to get some snaps of these, uh, these pictures. All right. Another one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, amalgamation of those two ideas. Nice. All right, anybody else want more? Really good. Um, so we were a little confused, and we started to try to redraw this one. Uh, okay, so yeah. So the analogy that we kind of came up with was, um, in the diagram, there's like the two ends that aren't connected to everything mm. else, which mm-hmm. at first kind of bothered me, but yeah. then I was like, wait. I thought about like a necklace, and how when your necklace like gets tangled, how frustrating it is to sit there and try to like, That is great. That was awesome. So as we think, there's just, there's, it's really helpful. Uh, a lot of times this might be kind of weird for you as you ask you to respond. You know, you're just like, hey, well, he's just going to talk and I'm just going to kind of maybe listen or whatever. But as we engage with what the Lord is speaking to us about, as we let him think and guide our thoughts, right? We just like, wow, it's like it, it clicked for you. You're teaching us. You are helping us understand these concepts. This is what community should feel like if we're unified in helping each other understand. Thank you guys so much for being willing to share. So I think all of those give us really, really good insights. So let's first talk about some of those ideas that you talk uh, about the filter thing, and then I want to actually finish up on what Faith and um, Meg said, because I think that um, that'll put us in a good place um, for this evening and for you guys to share. Um, Ephesians 4.18 says... Uh, they're being darkened in their understanding and excluded from the life of God because, because of the ignorance that is in them. Ephesians 4.18. Being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And I like uh, what Megan Fate said as it relates to the, the yarn here, um, is that as I have tried to get little necklaces undone for my little girls... As you work, as it gets more and more entangled, what happens to what was nice and soft and dainty becomes this hard mass, right? That this is what a hard heart looks like and feels like. Because you can't untangle it. <laughs> Lord has said, I, I need to start over, right? Giving you a new heart. I need to un, right? I need to give you a new necklace and I need to teach you how to not let it get kinked. But if it gets kinked, I'm here to help you 
right? Get it kinked. Don't keep working until it's this and you have to throw it away. It's not useful, okay? We're darkened in our understanding, chasing after everything to be understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Right, the, the way he lived is the way that we're supposed to live the way he lived. Not specifically the things he did, but the way he lived, right? Living for God. For, for God to uh, allow him to order the rest of his life. Right, I am the truth. Right, that, that God created us, that he loves us. These are truths. But are we going to live by them? And I am the life that his life makes us alive. That the Son was the one that gave the power to start the whole universe. In Him we move and live and have our being. In the beginning was the Word and was, was God and was with God. The He is life. We think everything else is life. No, those are things that we just do. He's our life. And that allows us to enjoy everything the way it's supposed to be enjoyed. There's nothing bad that he's made, nothing. It's just the way that we use it because we don't first understand that first principle. To love the Lord your God with all, with everything you have. And then everything else can become ordered in the way that it's supposed to be. This is disorder. <laughs> Amen? We're darkened our understanding. We're excluded from that life, Right? Can you even, you know what this feels like. You're trying to live God's life in the midst of your heart looking like this. Purity of the heart is to will one thing. <laughs> I'll get it in a second. <laughs> right? One thing. Proverbs 4.23. Watch over your heart with diligence. So got any knots in it? I want this thing to be unknotted. This is what my old heart looked like. God's given me a new one. Okay. I can do this. <laughs> we can do this. He can do this. Watch over your heart with all diligence, Proverbs 4.23, for from it flows the springs of life. Our hearts must be at peace. He is the giver of peace. When are we most peaceful? When we have the fewest things to do? Right? How good does it feel when the test is over? Like that last final, for those of you that are in school. For those of you that work when the shift is over. Feels good, doesn't it? We're at peace. We're not striving anymore. Our hearts must be at peace. And this is peace only God can provide. Our hearts have a key. And his key is the only one that fits the lock. 
Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If we will let Him reorder our lives, right? They will move from this to this. This feels good. I'm feeling my anxiety go down as I put this yarn ball away. (laughs) And this is what I'm left with. And then I learn, right, to, to... not kink this up. He says, I want you to guard this. I want you that to be what you're trying to do. That your heart is liable to be kinked. Put your effort and your aim not to kink that sucker. Right? To guard your heart, right, is to will one thing. To be undivided. To learn to be like that. You're really good at the other thing. You're not good at this. Right? Humble ourselves and understand that I've got a lot to learn. Okay. Thoughts or questions? What are like some practical ways of guarding So I think uh, a lot of us really need to sit down and take inventory of what we engage with. Uh, like real, real inventory of what we engage with. Um, so some examples might be uh, the stuff that I, uh, I watch, I listen to, I talk about. Okay? Stuff I watch, what I listen to, and talk about. We're not here to pass judgment on any of those things. You need to pass judgment on it. You understand? That's not my job. You live your life. Your job is to pass judgment on those things, and typically we do not. And so my things aren't your things. You could care less to spend 45 minutes reading basketball articles. And you're like, Reagan just made a face at me. She's like, hey, I love it. Okay. (laughs) Why do I love it? I don't know. Right, but but I need to judge that. Is five minutes fine? Sure. Is 45 minutes fine? Generally not. There's other things I could be doing. Sleeping, napping, working. Talking with somebody. So this is, so for you, right, you need to assess. Right, so it's the first things of what am I letting in. That's kind of top level. I I just need to figure it out because a lot of times we don't really understand the things that, so, uh, so, Uh, As I've shared with you, 25-year-old Rob, on a weekend, I might say, Rob, watch football for 10 hours on a weekend. And you're like, 10 hours, please. I watch something more than that. Whatever your thing is. Right, so I start there. Okay, so is that good? What is that doing to me? Right, what am I? Like, that, that, the things that we do are not neutral. They're not neutral calories. Okay, everything that we engage with affects us. Everything. Okay? So I need to take inventory if I'm going to guard my heart. If I'm going to let the peace of Christ do that, then, then I've got to start there. And then there goes lots of other places. Right? That's where it starts. I've got to take inventory of what I'm engaging with. Then I've got to judge it. And then maybe I've got to live a, uh, start living a different life than I'm living now because that is our life, right? The things we engage with <laughs> and how they affect us.
We're almost, we're almost done. All right. Maybe one more, got time for one more question? Everybody good? All right. So uh, three things, and I'll uh, unpack these at a later time. I just want to give them to you as we run out of time here. All right, practical steps for, uh, for emotional wisdom in guarding your heart. Okay? So we need to learn to be present. We need to learn to be present. On the continuum of horrendous to amazing, we've talked about this before, I'm horrendous at this, and then I'm merely bad, and then I'm okay, and then I'm good, and then I'm pretty good, right? And you can met it out however you want to. Right? Being present, I have learned to be okay at it. And I'm old, right? I've been, and so it's, it's taken me a while, but I still struggle with this. I really, really want to be good at being present. I'm okay at it. Where are you? What would it mean for you to be present in more of the spaces that you're in? Being present means I don't want to be somewhere else and I'm engaging in what I'm doing. This is not being present <laughs> in a space. I do this. I have learned to do this. <laughs> so being present. Second thing is being sober. Anybody know what it means to be sober? Like how maybe a second definition, right? Not not non-intoxicated. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Very good. Right, being intentional with your thoughts, clear-headed, I like all those words. I like this idea of being earnest. It's another big word. You can look these up. Right, I care about what I'm doing. I'm soaking in the realities of the kind of the weight of whatever it is. Understanding what is a big deal and what it isn't, or, and what's not a big deal. Right, well, a lot of times we major on the minors. Being sober means I can tell and discern what's important. All right, being present, being sober, and lastly, being hopeful. Being present, being sober, and the last one is being hopeful. Do you know what it feels like to be hopeful? It feels good. It feels really good. My favorite uh, sections of 1 Corinthians 3 things is love hopes all things. As I pray for you and I talk with you and I seek to encourage you, I hope all things for you. I look at you not pessimistically. Wherever you are, I hope for you. And it feels good. Because it has nothing to do with me, but it's God in you. If you have God, you have hope. Will you, will you be hopeful that He can untangle that mess your life is in or what your heart is in? Can, will you let Him, will you hope in Him? Be present, be sober, be hopeful. I encourage you to, to meditate on those things. This evening, we will have a time of worship. 
That's all it is. We'll take communion. We'll just be here, lifting our voices and our eyes to the Lord. And then after that, we're going to have kind of an open floor for you to share. And what I encourage you to do, we'll actually have some time, like right after lunch, before dinner, before we do that. There's a section at the back. There's just, it has basically the headings of the talks that we have. Take some time. We'll recess. We'll have fun. But take some time. That is why we're here, to reflect, to be silent, and to think, to listen, and to write. And what I'm going to encourage you to do, and if everyone does this, then this would be awesome because we all would be learning from you, right, is I would love for you to share whatever you journal. When there's kind of free time, I've given you, hey, this is what we'd love to hear about. How is God speaking to you about the things, right, that we've been discussing this weekend? We'll have one more uh, kind of discussion in the morning. But for tonight, as you're just meditating and thinking, like that's why we're here, right, to deal with that stuff. Let me pray for us. Father, as you encourage us, right, to be present, to be sober, and to be hopeful, right, this is what it looks like to guard our hearts actively. Right, we need to take assessment. Father, would you, would you impress that upon our hearts so much that we actually take time to do that? That's going to take some time. We're going to want to do that, and that's going to have to happen when we're not here. In the midst of our busy lives, is that something that we want to do? And so Lord, I pray that it would be. I pray that each person here would at least consider and aim their will in that direction. Father, speak to us as we come and close uh, just with a song or two and get ready to eat lunch. Father, would you uh, just continue to open our hearts to what you're speaking to them. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.